Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. right! And lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Welcome to another edition of Longhorn Blitz. Uh, it is without my man Jeff Howe. He is on a very, very well-deserved vacation. Uh, so in his stead, we'll try to do our best uh, to keep the party going. Just me and my man Matt Buller, the heart and soul of Longhorn Blitz. Yes, he is the statistician of the show, but also a fantasy guru uh, of Honestly, a renaissance man of the fantasy world. I, he's not just in basketball. He's not just in football. He's in the fantasy world deep down the rabbit hole that I don't know about. Uh, but also, uh, he is the man that gets it done here on the show as well. Uh, the uh, the the sound machine extraordinaire, my man Matt Matt Butler. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. And you are the mouthpiece of Longhorn Blitz. So <laughs> you've been repping UT and talking Texas football in this city forever. So I would say that past Craig Way. You would be the voice of football in Austin. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I don't do uh, do you justice in the intro like my man Jeff Howard. I don't but, do uh, you justice either, <laughs> so I like to just get to the data yeah, and give yeah, it to yeah. you. We'll just get right to it. Honestly, most of the show and probably all of the show will be devoted to the biggest story on the 40 Acres. Honestly, <laughs> the biggest story in college sports right now, yeah. you could argue, Arch Manning's commitment to Texas. Uh, and it happened Man, I feel like it happened like a couple of days <laughs> after we did our last show. Oh, yeah, it was. Right? It yeah, was. it exactly <laughs> was. It was like news. Literally, I was like, well, everything we talked about, at least I was like, well, you know, Sark, I think if he lands RJ, he'll be safe. It's like, well, now we got Sark for another year. I think it happened like within those 48 hours. Yeah, we were discussing the offseason, and it was actually one of the topics that we got into. Uh, I had said probably, I don't know, a couple of months ago that Texas – was potentially in one of the in the midst of one of the best off seasons that I can remember for a team mm-hmm. coming off a losing season. Yes, uh, and now with the Arch Manning commitment, and I tweeted out because I truly believe it. I think it is the greatest off season in the history of college football for a team coming off a losing season. Yeah, I think there's, you're spot on. There's no way it, it. How can it not be considering you got Quinn Ewers uh, and Arch Manning's commitment? In the same offseason, granted for two different classes, but in the same offseason, and there are three, three what perfectly rated quarterbacks yeah. in the history of modern recruiting, and those are two of the three. Yeah. It's not possible for somebody to have had a better acquisition of quarterback talent back to back, back to back classes, even though it's in the same offseason. So, because of that and the top five overall recruiting class in 2022, and the top six, what, transfer portal class, which includes Quinn Ewers, and upgrading the coaching staff with Gary Patterson, and upgrading with Brandon Marion. I know some people got upset because I didn't mention the short choice. The short choice is good. I don't consider him an upgrade over Stan Drayton because Stan Drayton was a really good coach, but some people do, so I would throw the short choice in there too. Um, but, man, it's a lot going right for Texas in the offseason. And granted, it's the offseason, still got to go win games, but 
you how the hell do you have an offseason like this after five and seven and losing to Kansas? No, it's a great point. And like when you look at just Unbelievable. The, yeah, it's hilarious when you look at the facts. Like if you were to write out just a wish list, like a Christmas wish list from Texas fans, you would be asking for too much at this point. You, you would know? be. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, that's <laughs> unrealistic. We're gonna get Quinn and Arch <laughs> this summer. No one would of- believe you <laughs> if you wrote out this wish list and was yeah. like, bro, come on, man. That's, that's unrealistic. Like, yeah, I don't th- you know you aren't getting all these things. <laughs> it's like a little kid at Christmas. <laughs> and in this situation, Texas sorta did because like you first of all, you can't even go through your mind. Like I remember when you had Saban show up, and then like there was an Alabama losing season. Like you had a seven and six Ohio State schools like Texas, Ohio State. They don't even have lo- losing you seasons. Have a losing so season. like yeah, to have true. Texas Good have point, this yeah. to follow that up, it's crazy because like the only other time in our lifespan that we can think of that's comparable would be 2010, and 2011 was nothing. Like you had a tiny bit coming in, but I mean you had the the restaffing. Now it was supposed to be this all star staff, and you got a few commits but that class was nothing compared to this class and then yeah just for texas fans out there to be able to have how low it felt when texas was losing to kansas and have that like type of the bus ride video come out after the iowa state game and stuff and to sarks kept calm and you sort of i mean he definitely was fed up with say what was happening on the field but there was always sort of and we talked about this with previous coaches that they seem like they know that they have longer than they really do that's true and sark sort of gave off those vibes but he knew it's about forming those relationships and if you you can't mess up your first class if you mess up that class that you're gonna land because he really didn't have much time for the previous class you already had a previous signing day when he was hired and then you had had that next signing day but the way yeah. that you have those two now it's it isn't the same to where you can't screw up this class and not only did you not screw up that class you hit a home run in the portal uh yeah no it's uh, like i said it's mind-blowing i'm with you 100 percent it I, we haven't seen anything like it i i heard you know jeff's out jeff house i heard i believe i saw on twitter uh jeff said that he hadn't seen anything like it in recruiting uh bobby burton who i'm a good friend of who works over there uh, now at Inside Texas, he said he hadn't seen anything like it in recruiting in his 30 years. Yeah, he's an OG of recruiting. Right, he's one of the OGs of it in 30 years. Yeah, I, I and people, listen, I remember the Chris Sims recruitment very well. Um, had a first, you know, kind of a, a front row seat of it, if you will. Mm-hmm. First-hand knowledge of it, and it was very different. Remember, the Chris Sims, he flipped from Tennessee. My boy Sims flipped from Tennessee. So the that commitment was almost the cherry on top it was the capper mm-hmm. it, it it was to me it really did it kind of capped off this wave of momentum and it really it, that's when everybody decided oh you got to take mac brown seriously in recruiting it's sort of like, like arch did you because like you yeah, that but class a, you had c it, yeah, red i agree you had yeah. c red before that but it had already it, it would all it would already been building and then you yeah. capped it off with that because that was a late flip from tennessee the thing that makes the arch manning commitment different is it, it it's starting the wave yeah like this he class, is starting right. the way he started. Like they had what? I don't know how many commitments. Maybe six commitments. Yeah, six since then. Four linemen. Uh, a wide well, receiver they had seven since. Yeah, because now they got the the Derek. The, yeah, the four linemen. They're the the safety now, which yeah. we'll get into. We'll get into all of them. Um, but yeah, they got the four offensive linemen. You got a linebacker. You got a wide receiver, and you got a safety. I believe since yeah. then. So seven commitments since the Arch Manning commitment. And shout out to Will Randall, the tight end from Isidore Newman, who also is a big part of that. And, yes, shout-out to Michael Taft, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the oh. best walk on in the history of Texas football. <laughs> I don't know where this, uh, when is the scholarship coming, but just get it done. Uh, and if you, maybe he needs an NIL deal. If they yeah. can't give him a scholarship immediately, whatever it takes. Uh, I think they call him Mookie, but shout out to Mookie because I heard that he, he was big on closing the deal. Uh, and shout out to AJ Milway, big on closing the deal. I heard he was obsessed with it. And uh, Terry Joseph, who's also got the Louisiana ties, love that. Um, so yeah, you got to give a. There, it was a it was a team effort. All right, takes a village, and I think Texas going all in, not not ha- not recruiting another quarterback in a twenty twenty three class. All those things uh, kind of helped up. But the reason it is different though is because he's starting this, and now yeah. you got the seven different commitments. And five Sims, star Derek Williams was a safety. Derek Williams, mentioned. thank you very much. Uh, and so he didn't start. Samson started. Yeah, Sims just finished it. Mm-hmm. He was the he he was the the final blow. He was mm-hmm. the cap where everybody went. Whoa, we knew Mac Brown was building something, but holy Chicago, this thing is it's this is different. Yeah, the, Texas is on to something. So I because you have a year to ride that momentum. You don't yeah, have it was, you know a month you the had, way that you had. Sims. Yeah, you had the 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 Heisman Trophy winning season for you know for Wiki Williams. You had Mac winning nine games in his first season, and you had that build up of that number one recruiting class getting Corey Redding, the number yeah. one defensive player in the country, and then getting Chris Sims at the end. Everybody went okay. All right, and that's all within I don't know, year, well, not calendar year, but a year, a little, a year plus. Not even. Not even. Yeah, yeah. him being a coach. Because you have that season, yeah. that fall happening, and then before February. It's yeah, and I said around. I don't know when he was hired and all that kind of stuff, so I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. But you know what I mean. So yeah. that it's amazing that Sark was able to build. You know, he's not building that kind of momentum. He doesn't have the Heisman Trophy one or that kind of stuff. Mac had a ton. He still yeah. got to win some damn games. Mac had a win. Mac had already proven he could win. Mac yeah. had won some That's games. That's the one thing Sark hasn't. Sark but he has, has won maybe the Heisman winner with a, Bijan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he exactly. It could happen. It, could, yeah. you, it really could. Um, but shout out to the big money boosters and donors because – Without NIL, also that's that's Texas doing their best to kind of weaponize name image likeness. I don't think we'd be having this confluence of of optimism and this confluence of of good, yeah, you know, good good things overall. And uh, I think it's because name image likeness also played a role. Not, a, I mean, I'm not saying it's the biggest factor, but it's a factor. Oh yeah, no, because question. I mean, the brand of that Texas Manning, is for other. Stuff well, too. the brand of Texas, the city of Austin, everything all involved, the attractive nature. No like, question, you could tell how comfortable it seemed. And like, it's sort of funny when you talk about New Orleans and Austin and this odd relationship that the cities have with one another. That like, I hear from people from New Orleans that they come to Austin for bachelor parties. The only like bachelor parties that I've went to have been to New Orleans and like the intersection of the two. That like, That's I know true. a few. years years ago and during the developmental years of a guy like Arch, you know, when you're a middle school, young high school kid, you know, your local big game is the Sugar Bowl and then you get a school that is recruiting you, Georgia and Texas are playing in it and a Westlake kid's able to, you know, win that one and then you have these Westlake kids hosting him and taking him out to the Austin Country Club when he's here back in March, you know, yeah. and like you saw Sam Ellinger sitting there and like right. there's sort of like I could almost see like yeah, you can find fun in Athens, and I had friends that went to grad school in Athens, and they talk about it's not Austin. Tuscaloosa is not Austin, and I think that there was really sort of this familiarity with Arch. Like, not only is do you have, like, the nice suburb in the cool party town mm-hmm. that's fun to have, but, like, he had a familiarity with the city, like, being a type of city that's very similar to his hometown, you know? So, like, great point. yeah, when you see those two things together, it just seemed like, 
it really stuck with him, and you see videos of him as a kid, like five, six years ago, saying he wants to go to Austin wearing UT jerseys. And I mean, you got to remember, Archer's born in 04. He doesn't remember Vince. Vince, he was literally a newborn and a a one-year-old whenever that stuff happened. But to hear those stories and see the nostalgia that's around like your class and that 99 class and max sort of talked about rebuilding and rebranding texas and this sort of you've seen that vibe with some of the kids that have committed to texas and it's sort of along the same lines of what quentin ewers talked about because like he grew up a texas fan Mm -hmm. and you know like it's not as if the struggles are good but there is something that comes from it because if you can be that foundational piece of an era that's something that very few people can do, and it's why Bijan even said that he wanted to come to Texas. He wanted to bring Texas back to where Texas has been before. So there might be that common vibe amongst those players too. Yeah. No, I mean, you hope that's the case. Yeah, they, uh, some of them have it, talked about it. I remember when, <laughs> you know, because it's strange, strange to say this, Texas wasn't the IT university when I was a – you know, coming up as a prospect A&M coming out of high school. Um, yeah, I mean, you had the Wrecking Crew that won mm-hmm. the Big 12 title in, what, 1998. I was, at that point, I'm 18 years old. So, I mean, that, I mean not saying that I compared them to Texas, but they were in my final two because A&M was still a respectable— And, and in the are, 90s was a better program. a respectable program. program. Uh, hell, even Houston, you could argue, was an Aggie town back then. Mm-hmm. Strange to say, Mac Brown, I believe, flipped it to a Longhorn town. He flipped a lot of towns to Longhorn towns. Like, nobody from Houston Lamar had gone to um, UT. I mean, they were all, all those guys went to Oklahoma yeah. and A&M. I believe I was the first one in That's the pipeline. Crazy, and now, now it's a pipeline. High, yeah, now everybody goes. Because it became the IT University again somewhere along the way. Uh, I, I'll give Ricky Williams a ton of credit because the rebel with the cause, mm-hmm. I mean, Ricky Williams was really cool. Yeah. To a teenager. I mean, think oh, about seeing sure. Ricky Williams at winning the Heisman. Uh, you know, he's on the cover he's my of Sports idol. Illustrated. You I know, still have Ricky on my wall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ricky Ricky Williams was just a really cool figure. I believe he made Texas cool again in a sense. And then you brought in a young Mac Brown who understood it. Mac Brown from the get-go was telling us, oh, man, we're going to get Nike. Reebok just not – basically, Reebok wasn't cool enough. No. Like, no, he's like, no, man, Reebok's not cool enough. We need Nike because Nike's what's cool. Nike is what the kids like. Trust me, that's where we're going. I think we were in Reebok for my first maybe two years. I think you're only your first year. Maybe my first I year. Think so. I like think that. they came in 2000. Maybe it you was made, a one, but no, I thought it was I'm not 2000 because sure, y'all were like the fifth school. There was I remember Florida he, State, there was Michigan yeah. were the first two. I remember it was one of the things that he was like, no, 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 we got to get that done immediately. But Texas, there were some steps on make, and turning Texas into like the IT program again. And whether you like it or not, you know, the Chris Sims commitment of the Super Bowl champion son and also a big name, it actually mattered in the trying to make Texas the IT university. You don't get Roy Williams, B.J. Johnson, and Sloan Thomas, three five-star receivers in the same class without getting the Chris Sims before it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think you get the said Benson commitment, but, you know, I mean, I don't Texas, there was this, there were these dominoes that fell. Yeah. And it all led to, obviously, 2002, getting VY. And then at that point, Texas has stacked enough of those classes with 99, 2000, 
oh, 2001, 2002. And then within those classes, you got your Derek Johnsons, your Michael Huffs, mm-hmm. your Nathan Bashers. You know, you, yeah. you started building it up. You got your Roy Williams. You started building up at every position where, hey, man, our, 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 our my, t- to me, my toughest reps were in practice, not in the games. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Oklahoma, all right, that was that was maybe a tough a tough rep that's as tough as it was in practice against Roy Williams, B.J. Johnson, and Sloan Thomas. Um, but for the most part, you know, I was going up against the best of the best, iron sharpens iron. Uh, they got to get to that. They're trying to. I, I can see um, their vision. And I think the most, I don't think the most, to me, um, the the really most inspiring part of it is that they sold that vision to the Mannings. Yeah. They sold that vision to the man. They sold that vision to the first family of football. And I compared it to a celebrity endorsement. Now, there, there are studies that show, my, my wife's in uh, advertising, studies that show that celebrity endorsements, why you see so many of them, right? They are, you know, like probably 25 to 30% of all endorsements are celebrity endorsements, yeah. all advertising. And they basically, they've been studies have shown they, they improve uh, consumer trust, uh, they increase profit, uh, they improve brand recognition. And to me, that Arch Manning commitment wasn't so much a commitment as it was a celebrity endorsement from the first family of football. Oh, my because God. Because say what you want, but yeah. we all believe that the Mannings. You remember when the Simpsons happened? Yeah. This is on steroids. We believe the Mannings made this decision. Not just Arch. This is the yeah. Mannings made this decision. And now you have the first family of football that sat down with Steve Sarkeesian. And whether we believe in the vision or not, after five and seven and losing to Kansas, whether we've seen enough evidence that suggests that Texas is the program and is headed in the right direction and they are on their way to being, you know, back to the, being the brand that's respected, that's feared and loved and not mocked, humiliated and, and shamed. <laughs> All right. If they are back to that. They sold that to the Mannings. Yes. And to me, that I know the Mannings did their due diligence. Everybody trusts. It's like, like I said, celebrity endorsements, right? They improve consumer trust. Everybody trusts the Mannings. Yeah. So you go start trusting now. The Sark and the vision and what mm-hmm. Texas has in store. So just like my man Jeff House said, if they go, say, say they go seven and five next year, you go, well, uh, you know, but Sark goes. Hey, it's on up upward trend. All yep. right, you know it. They got Arch. We saw the Manning family at three, at two mm-hmm. or three games. It's good. Yeah. Yep. So it, it does, it, it, you, you view everything now through that prism of that celebrity endorsement. And that's why, I mean, we're celebrity obsessed culture. Yes. I mean, that's why you get these seven yeah, commitments. So now. Yeah, if it was Arch, if it was Arch Babers or Arch B- Butler, <laughs> no, you know, what I mean, no offense, but yeah, he'd be a five star and be great. But you get you get maybe one or two recruits. No one cares. Five star, but nobody gives a damn. Yes. You don't have, dude. You're I went, Derek Williams, who's I a five star that committed today. It was covered exactly, which is great. <laughs> it was awesome. Yes. But we're all, every commit after that, we go back to what. Yeah. The Arch Manning headline. Yes. We go like, well, you know what? That's one of them guys who came because of Arch. He's inspired by Arch Manning. If he was or not, we assume it is. You know what I mean? Because of this celebrity endorsement. You're talking about that thing was covered on ESPN, the Washington Post that I saw, yeah. the New York Post, TMZ, too, Texas on TMZ too much anyway, Forbes, Fox News, People Magazine, uh, NFL.com, Sunday Night Football, Pro Football Talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was everywhere. WWE was using it as punchline. Yeah, it was <laughs> everywhere because it's a celebrity. It's yes. not just a commitment of Arch Manning. It's it's a, it's a Manning, the first family of football. So to me, that's why it means so much. It's the ultimate. It might be the greatest celebrity endorsement 
in the history of college sports. And I know that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. Exactly. Think about a bigger celebrity. No, there is. Than the I Manning mean, family. You had the Sims was, we saw they the fiasco that came from that. And like Phil Sims was good. I'm not uh, bashing Phil no, Sims. He's, he's but awesome. Phil Sims was just like a an 80s, 90s quarterback. It Come wasn't on. like the first family of football. Exactly. And you're talking about, and that was a Giants quarterback. That's a New York Giants. But like the way you said, the Mannings, like in one offseason, they changed the way like we broadcast football games. Like they started their own <laughs> like, fighting, cast, great point. like just to get their great opinions point. of them just sitting around and watching the game. Like I, everything that aligns with like this odd and not I don't want to say odd infatuation. It just was an unknown infatuation, say from like Eli, because you didn't hear like recruiting before like the two thousands wasn't just every single blurb was well-known. It wasn't all published now in your local pockets. Now, maybe in Oxford, Mississippi, they knew Eli had interest with Texas back in 2000, but that, or in 99, but that wasn't being talked about. But, like, Eli having that type of interest with the family, just me randomly seeing Mm -hmm. Peyton at the College World Series with a guy in a Texas hat, like, these odd intersections of Austin, and you end up having – the Manning family just sort of loving it and being a byproduct of the city. We've always talked about the advantageous situation that mm-hmm. Austin has and play, things like ACL. It's why we thought the Longhorn Network could have been used really well for the past decade to be able to make this type of you know popularity be sort of manufactured. The thing is with Arch, you don't have to manufacture it. It just comes out. It's just there. And when you have like this first family, you chronicled what happened when Sims came in. You that 2000 class with the receivers, the 2001 where you get the best offense and defensive player in the state and arguably in the nation with yep. DJ and with Benson. And it all comes up to the penultimate in ultimate Vince Young class, though, yes. two one, which is sort of viewed maybe until this upcoming class, who knows how it goes, but as the best class that Texas has had in modern history, though two class had like six five stars. It was on a level that of depth that was so high. And from that point on is when the internet rankings started, and that's when we've kept our bust rate from that class forward. Great but you could it. see what happened right before it and the way that you were able to ride that wave, and that's the next thing that you talk about. Like that wave of Sims was big. This big. wave it's a tsunami. of Arch, it's yes, tsunami. it's a tsunami. tsunami. And with the modern, not only NIL, but just like when you talk about the explosion on social media that came from a kid that's never been on social media. Like to think about that, your first tweet. He's still is, not. Yeah, he just he just <laughs> said where he's going. He just that was it. Yeah, that's it. And like I love how he like uploads a photo and it's like. Hey, here I am in my house. And, like, you don't even see Arch. It's all of his friends. Like, he's sort of – it's sort of like that. He He is overshadowed by the Mannings within the Manning family Mm -hmm. that, like, I really think he might be able to be the kid that just goes and plays football the way that he sort of wants to seem like play football. It seems like he really isn't down for much of this, you know, hoopla and doesn't understand necessarily how big he is or understands it so much that he's able to just – enjoy being a part of the Manning family without him being the headline guy. Yeah, um, I saw uh, an interview with Archie Manning and also Peyton and Eli Manning. Yeah. And they were talking about Arch and talking about the recruitment. And um, I believe it was Eli Manning that basically said, oh, no, Arch is more like me um, because I didn't really like the recruiting 
He said, I, I didn't like the recruiting process. Yeah. He said, I wanted to get it out of the way. I wasn't fair. He said, Peyton kind of liked it. Peyton yeah. act like he didn't like it. He said, Peyton had, Peyton. Peyton had notes and stuff. And he was and asking, camera. he got to ask him questions. He, yeah. he, he got power. Yeah. Right? So he got well, to ask, ask the coaches questions. He was the one the serious offense. one because Cooper and Eli are the goofballs. Like, Cooper's yeah, a great big point time too. goofball. And then Eli is just doesn't even hide it and doubles yeah. down into it and just makes fun of Peyton. And Peyton's more of the nerdy professional type. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. exactly. So he was like Peyton carried around a notepad yeah. and all this stuff. And he said Peyton announced Big at a bar. Man. He announced he's at a bar, like it was some bar, so it was a big deal. Yeah. And I don't think Eli Eli said I think he just did his like at a the school. Seventeen year old at a bar, that's awesome. Uh, which hey, they talked about that. He <laughs> He's like, I don't know if that was proper uh, yeah. <laughs> or appropriate, but oh, the meetings love to have fun. Yeah, he said Those he was a friend meanings. of his dad, and they did it at a bar. I don't know. We could we could find the sound. But either way, they said Arch was, you know, he he wanted to be low key. He, yeah. he was kind of a understated. Uh, he's an understated guy. Like he doesn't like to be the high. That basically doesn't like to be in the limelight. Doesn't like to be the center of attention. Yeah. Even though he will be and always is, he doesn't need to be. Yeah. Which I mean, that's that's unbelievable. That in means person, there's a natural humility. Kind I want to just in. ask you, since you knew the only other similar scenario, it seemed as if that's sort of how Chris Sims was as a person and a player. Did he, you know? He just seemed like one that wanted he to play. Was. Yeah, he just wanted to be a part of the team. But he really when he did. got to Texas, he realized how huge this. I think he, I, I do. I think he underestimated the uh, the spotlight and how big it was, and the and the and the stage. I do. Yeah. I think a lot of people do. Like hey, we talked about this. There are coaches that come, the head coaches that come to Texas, and they underestimate yes. how big the job is. Oh yeah, and we try to tell them over and over again. It's huge. Yes. It is. However you think, however big you think it is, way bigger. Multiply that by like fifty or or a hundred. Mac Brown's it's the only one that big. got it. I think. Mike, <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah. Mac, you know, I think it was the late great DKR that kind of took him under his wing. Yeah. Was like, dude. Let me tell you how big this damn job is before, you know, It'll you get the old okie doke. Yeah, and broke it down for him. And after that, I because I Mac was in, in charge for so long, and then Mac was kind of ushered out. Mac wasn't able to let the other guy know, mm-hmm. hey, how big the job was. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought Tom Herman would have figured it out, but he didn't either. No. Tom, no. It, it swallowed, he was a good fake it, it swallowed you make Tom it, guys. Like, yeah. He was a guy that, that could fool you up Exactly. Front. And I think Sarkis realizes that there are a couple of scenarios where Sarkis realized how big the job was, too. And I think, he, obviously, he's still going to learn some of that. But I and like Those are the, just growing pains if you do yeah, learn. Yeah, exactly. So I think for Sims, he did. He underestimated how big being the, the quarterback at Texas was. Yeah, and I think with the, even though, like, you can't judge what would be to come with Arch, at least with the way that social media has sort of changed the way that these recruits have that spotlight on them when they're younger. Because even though Sims had a national spotlight, the spotlight just now. wasn't We big. all know. It, ain't it was a minuscule spotlight. Like social media has changed everything. You're getting coverage the way NFL players do yeah. when you're in high school on, these man. days. So the camera's I think, always around. I think it's more, he'll just be a setting he's way more familiar I with. I agree. I, I'm with you. I think it better prepares you. Now you got the high school football in New and Jersey everything. or whatever. Yeah, great point. I, I agree with that. I think the young people now, they're almost programmed to be in the spotlight. Well, they, and he's they would from be un- Isidore honestly, Newman. Because of social media, they'd be uncomfortable without it, most of yeah. them. Well, and <laughs> think about Arch. Like, not, he hit Peyton went to Isidore Newman. Like, all the kids, they've went through that high school, and that high school's like the West Lake of New Orleans. Like, it's the perennial power, and yep. like, you're a celebrity there. Even if he wasn't the Manning's, you know, nephew or son, he would be already a big he'll deal be just because of it. what the school is. No doubt. He'll be better prepared for it. Um, but, Getting just to like the kind of the overall uh, impact of it, and I know we can hit it from a lot of different ways, but uh, let's actually jump into 
the recruits and just a you know just got to give you like an overall synopsis of the ones that committed. I'll try to yeah. keep up. It's tough. You know, there might have been another one since we started the podcast, so I'll refresh on Twitter. Uh, but they got five commits. They got one actually on Saturday. I guess I'll start with him, the linebacker, four-star linebacker, Leona uh, Lafau mm-hmm. out of Hawaii. He is apparently Jeff Choate worked really hard on it. And he's number 30-ranked linebacker, number one prospect in Hawaii, and this was deciding between USC and Washington. I would say it's hard to pull prospects from, you know, Hawaii yeah. or from any of the um, kind of the, 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 the Polynesian nations, if you will. Yeah, I know uh, Alabama had a little bit of a relationship via yeah. Tua, you know, so who knows go. if Sark has a relation, just some familiarity with yeah. some coaches it or could. whatever. I mean, he's a West Coast guy. Yeah. Um, but pull them from BYU, the, yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, so pulling them from the West Coast. So that's a great uh, job by – once again, the momentum of the recruitment that Texas has, of course, Arch Manning effect has, I think, an over, over, overwhelming macro effect, but the coaches are also getting it done. Uh, they got four offensive line recruits in the same day mm-hmm. on Sunday, uh, so shout-out to the Pancake Factory, too, yep. <laughs> during their part with the Hornsby Heart. Uh, Trevor Gooseby, who is supposed to be just a freak, he's a developmental project, only 6'6", 280, but 83-inch arms. <laughs> This is a six ten wingspan. Yeah, he's just a freak, man. Six eleven, yeah. Eighteen, uh, eighteen shoe, was a size eighteen shoe. Wow, yeah, that's man. insane. Yeah, that that don't make no damn sense. Well, I mean, it's the shoe of a seven footer, which his wingspan is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great point. Uh, they flipped her from TCU, so um, give some love to Gary Patterson. Apparently, Gary Patterson was a uh, big time in helping uh, Texas flip that commitment from TCU. Um, he's a project, but obviously you could tell um, that her. Sorry, that um, <laughs> Kyle Flood has a. He's got a type. He likes gargantuan, huge human beings. Uh, Andre Kajo is another uh, player they got. Interior offensive lineman, six six three thirty. I mean, good lord. Yeah, six, all these guys out are of six, high six. school. I mean, all of them are. Wow. It's Connor Stroh is six six and a half. Connor Stroh is yeah. He almost six seven. And he's 345. 345. Man, these guys got to lose weight. Usually you worry about yeah. putting weight on guys. They got to. That's know, true, fellas. They want to lose fella. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they can carry it well because they're 6'6", six, 6'6", six, six, and 6'7". Uh, and then they also got a, uh, a Jaden Chapman, mm-hmm. who is a really skilled, I think he's an interior offensive lineman, 6'4", 300. He's actually. Harker Heights, a lot of kids from yeah. Harker oh, Heights in recent years. Yeah, shout out to the local uh, kid there. Um, so that's the four offensive linemen. And they also got a wide receiver, Jonah Wilson. Yep. And then, excuse me. Yes. Who's bigger than Sark's usual wide receivers? Yeah, he's, he's six listed three. Six three. Yeah, usually Sark likes speed demons, speedier wide receivers, and he'll, uh, you know, decide yeah. to look past size because he prioritizes speed. I know this kid. I'm not saying he's slow or anything, um, but six three. Probably the biggest wide receiver that Sark has recruited. Yeah, because so all those guys that he recruited to Alabama before Jamison Williams, because I think he's like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, but that yeah, all the guys, the Judy Ruggs, Savanta Smith, you know, uh, all of them were 6'1", or shorter than that, yeah. I believe. My favorite thing about the recruitment now, about this class, because now, hell, I mean, you're probably up to, what, 15 guys? Oh, I, I forgot to mention Derek Williams, the yep. safety, the five-star safety. This is why I want to get to actually a perfect segue. I'm glad they're finally recruiting Louisiana. Yeah, I was about to say. They finally decided to do it. Uh, Yeah, so now, of course, you got two of them out of Isidore Newman, um, but you also got Derek Wilson, a five-star safety out of Louisiana. So you're talking about two of the 
top three players in the state of Louisiana, Texas has now got committed in a 2023 class. That's big time. That's how you attack. And that's how you attack the state when they've had a regime change. There's no natural, mm. really there's no natural enemies to LSU. LSU rules that damn state with an iron fist. Yep, and but I've, there's a lo- non-local running that place now, which may yeah. be a little bit different. Exactly, right? So you got Brian Kelly in there now. You can take advantage of it. And I went back and looked at, Napier you know. left to Florida and NF- Ed O's gone. Yeah, NFL players per capita, like states mm-hmm. that produce the most NFL players per capita. Year after year, Louisiana is always in the top five. Number one, two, Three, two, number three, number two, number three. I mean, they just, they're always, per capita, always really high up there. And I'm glad, I think, you know, and, and Mac Brown did it some. Mm-hmm. He did it. Matter of fact, my man Stevie Lee, Philip Philip Geiger, my mm-hmm. man, we all cool. I love those guys. Um, I thought they should have attacked it more. I think Sark's going to be really aggressive. And now you got three prospects now in this recruiting class so far from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Terry Joseph with ties there. Um, also Brandon Harris, who's one of your uh, recruiting. I think he's the one of the coordinators. I don't know his official title. Um, but he also has ties in Louisiana. I'm glad they finally decided it's a neighboring state with a ton of natural resources and arguably the most fertile recruiting state in terms of football in the country. Yeah, and it's an area that like you would have always liked to be going into it, but there is never more importance now that you're you're going to the SEC. Like this is your recruiting ground like your footprint had to sort of distort and change because you had a natural big 12 footprint and yeah you probably should have been recruiting that deep south all the way across all of scc country but competition's tough when you're doing that and when you're going against your opponents you don't want to leave the state of texas to the rest of the big 12 at the time but just every player you don't take if there's 400 in the state every year or whatever and mac brown could get his 25 because you really could build that well now if you would have been at the same time going out of state and leaving like say not Mm -hmm. 370 maybe leaving 385 for your opponents not only is it a type of addition but it's also subtraction because you're giving it to your opponents now whenever you're going to face the bit you know the conference with that you're going to be in for the future it's only better to be able to get those relationships, especially considering you have guys that are so familiar with those high school coaches coming from the Alabama staff. Yeah. Like you got a third of your staff already with the familiarity, so you don't have to ever sever or break those ties in those coaches' minds. It's almost as if Sark never left. Sark had always been a guy that was a SEC guy, and same thing with Flood. So you go and have that type of – it does have a little bit of a schism whenever he first gets to Texas, but if you can maintain that, when Texas isn't in the SEC, it's only going to help them once they get to the SEC. And per capita wise, it only makes sense. No, you're right about that. That's a great point, and that's what I love about you know the style or at least the traits that Sark is recruiting and Kyle Flood's recruiting. I mean, you could tell they got types. <laughs> Kyle Flood wants six, big, six. giant. Yeah, he wants big. He wants girth and size inside. They want speed on the outside and. You know that's you know makes it a little bit easier. You stream, you kind of streamline your recruiting a little bit. Uh, at least you know out, you know immediately off top what you covet. Mm-hmm. We at, at certain positions, and you can tell uh, they covet. That's why you know you start looking at the uh, the offensive line guys they're bringing in the last two classes. So they had six in the last class, mm-hmm. and now this is four, four right now in this class. So that's mm-hmm. ten. So so far. I mean, that, can, can, that can that can your whole line. That's a two deep. So, and you go look at I, I believe for Tom Herman, 
I mean, he, I believe in four cycles, he got around 14. It was around 14 or 15 in four different recruiting cycles for Tom Herman. Yeah, this is basically uh, replacing he's reset, everybody he's that to reset. was that They're, quickly. Yeah, which doesn't give me a lot of confidence in some of the veterans who are coming back on the yeah. O-line because they are desperately. Yeah, exactly. They, they end up with six or seven O-line in this class, then you know they, they have no faith. Well, and numbers-wise, if you look at it right now, I mean, you are set up really well if you develop these guys. Once oh, you are in the SEC, you have enough to expect. We have 10 of my guys when we show up, maybe even more if Texas, you know, waits a totally whole another year on the back end and doesn't make it there for a couple seasons. You can add to it. But, like, you're talking about, well, Texas doesn't have an SEC roster. It's like, yeah, but by the time Texas is playing in the SEC – Texas may actually have an SEC roster. Now they might be young, but you remember back to when when did Texas explode? It was with your group of guys whenever y'all were sophomores coming through when you finally stacked classes with Mac and you was like, oh, wow, Texas can compete for championships. And y'all were all underclassmen or sophomores and juniors. And that's sort of where it aligns with Texas the first year they'll be in the SEC with Arch's first two or three foundational classes. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, my man Kieran. He had that stat. 14 linemen in four cycles, it says for Tom Herman. And Sark has 10 so far. In two. In two. Yeah, that's a lot more. That's, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole lot more. Uh, so, okay, getting to uh, another element of the, of the Arch Manning recruitment. Like I said, there's so many different elements of it. We'll, we'll probably we'll try to get to some other stuff, but I, I, I don't know if we Arch is will. the headline. Arch is the headline, and then Arch is all over All the my place. content's evergreen. It can last forever. Uh, that's what I was kind of saying, too. I was like, yeah, the stuff we have in offseason, we'll get to People want to hear about maybe Jaron Thompson or about plays in the Big 12, but it's not the headline news this week. Um, what I do love, though, and I keep we obviously bringing back or he's bringing up Sims a lot because it, it's one of the only recruitments that I can remember that involved a celebrity yes. quarterback. We, we've had a lot of great five-star quarterbacks. Hell, Super Bowl MVP, poster yeah, child a, a of name an era. that at least sports fans would recognize. Uh, one thing I loved about what Mac did early on, man, you got to respect it. He did understand I got to get that quarterback room right, mm-hmm. and he did appreciate a celebrity quarterback. You go look at it when he first came in. First of all, that '99 class mm-hmm. had, and he inherited obviously Major Applewhite. The '99 class had two quarterbacks in it. People yeah. forget the Adam Hall. Oh yeah, that's like Adam Hall, and, so, then, and then you had Adam Dunn before that too. Yeah, so think about <laughs> Mac. Mac, that's a great point. I forgot about that. <laughs> Great point. But yes, the Forgot baseball player that. to people, yeah, the, the no guy doubt. that has many hundred home That's runs. That's true. Great point. I forgot about that. And the only guy I've heard that maybe has as much of a cannon as Chris Sims did. Uh, like that man. Dunn had a no, cannon. No, I believe it. And, yeah, Chris, man, Sims, he separated some shoulders and yeah. messed some folks up. He would. I mean, it, you could hear it. You could hear the ball coming. coming. Yep, I've him. heard friends talk about <laughs> forearms because, like, if you aren't a bat football player but you're just a normal dude wanting to catch a pass from Sims, yeah. you may catch it with your – and the laces will rip your forearm Man, open. Man, it was humming. Yes. That thing was – Literally like, will cut your yeah, forearm open. No, dude, it was, it was freakish. But that's what got – Mac knew. Mac was recruiting freaks like that. And think about it. We forget about this. Mac was recruiting Eli Manning, too. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning tells the story, uh, and here's the Eli Manning quote. He said, I wanted to play my senior year. 
and play football and enjoy it. So before the process started, I knew I had 10 or 12 schools that I was interested in. I told everyone else I wasn't really interested, and I think they appreciated that. I wasn't leading them on. I had my 10 schools. I talked to those coaches, and I made certain visits. I enjoyed the recruiting process and made visits to Texas, Virginia, LSU, Ole Miss, and Tulane. Man, talk about Tulane getting some love. Local throw. Uh, he said, that's true. He said, for a while, Texas was probably in the lead. And in the middle of the recruiting process, Coach Cutcliffe got brought to be the head coach at Ole Miss. And that was a big reason why I chose Ole Miss. And he doesn't say it, but I'll say it. Oh, because Cutcliffe was the OC and quarterback coach for Peyton Manning at Tennessee. At Tennessee had a good relationship. Once again, Mannings don't make decisions alone. No. <laughs> he said, hey, man, this dude will develop you. You hey, go to Ole Miss, yeah, y'all may not win a national title, but he'll get you ready for the league. You'll be ready for the NFL because that's what the Mannings think about. Well, the Mannings think about the next level, which is the same conversation they've had about Sark. Like, no, no, what we know about Sark is that he'll get us ready for the league. He runs a West Coast offense. Hey, he'll get you ready for the league. Will they win national titles? Yeah, you know what? We'll see if they can compete for a national title, all that kind of stuff. But I know he'll get you ready for the league, and that's what they sold, and Sark has that resume. So they don't make decisions alone. Yeah, um, and the Cutcliffe thing yeah. is worth pointing out because you first off, like, I, I haven't ever seen it cut and dry reported, but I have many friends that are Ole Miss, you know, uh, alums or parents were, and, like, they all say, like, well, no, Cutcliffe was hired strictly as a head coach to land Eli because you didn't want to lose Peyton and uh, Eli post-Arch, oh, and it was at that same nice. time. And that's why, I mean, it's the only way that they were able to get him there. And then, you know, if we haven't heard anything since March about necessarily the Cutcliffe is analyst. No, he got hired by like the SEC or yeah, something. Something on the side. Yeah, but he's doing like some job. There with are them, I believe. guys that can be consultants and come yeah. in. Like he was definitely no, around. Texas Sark. was trying to get him. They, were, Sark, yeah, they well, heard. They heard their, their report. You just yeah, they exactly. Like, okay, yeah, they're we like, need to get this guy. No, we need to bring Cutcliffe. At least know that we want the Cutcliffe guy around this program. Be like, we tried to get your boy Cutcliffe. Arch, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, no, I'll take easier job, but or just to get the endorsement. That's a nice little nugget. You know, but it makes perfect sense. Though. And, and, it's and, worth it. And the intersections there, and yeah, Cutcliffe was always known as you know that quarterback coach, and he, I mean he was able to go and be that guy at Duke. And even though it was East Coast Duke, like they threw the ball a lot and always had that high. Remember the videos of like it was when Peyton had his neck surgery, and there was a Zapruder <laughs> film through the <laughs> through the gates, and it was them taking video of Peyton rehabbing at Duke with Cutcliffe, and Cutcliffe was working him through that neck surgery before he came back. So yeah, they still have a good relationship. No, that's a good. Yeah, exactly. No, they really do. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard they still he works out with the Mannings, or at least he's there at the. So if there Manning wasn't that idea, you might have had Eli yeah. at Texas. Um, but exactly. So getting to the point where the Mag Brown, like Texas, Mag Brown, and Mannings do like Texas. Great in Austin, because the Coop, they say Cooper and his wife yeah. love Austin. Oh yeah, Cooper loves. Um, Cooper's entertaining. If you like, he's the one that wants to be on the Manning cast. You know, with the Mannings, like hey, personality. Hey, Cooper, they want to let you on the Manning cast. You can come on the Blitz anytime. That, that's true. <laughs> I should reach out to him. We will. Hey. You you can be in. a host. You can hold you and do whatever you want to do, man. You got a hundred percent. In like when you look at just their family, if the Texas fans haven't l- watched the book of Manning, it wasn't a thirty for thirty, but it was made with the SEC story. So when you search for it, it might have to search. You know, if it doesn't come up, book of Manning, go yeah. for SEC storied. I think it's two hours, but it's one of the better ESPN films that they did, and it's just everything on the Manning family since they were kids and it's great if you're just like entertainment and laughing at Peyton and Eli fighting his toddlers yeah. and Cooper always being nice. the bully big brother but it tells a story of that family so you sort of can get 
a lot of what we're talking about if you haven't followed the Mannings closely. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, if you the book of Manning is. Good. I can't even imagine who hasn't followed the Mannings closely, but but you're right about that. Good point. I got to look. I haven't even seen that. If you haven't seen um, it, it's great. But uh, getting to, back to the point about Mac Brown, Mac Brown did understand the value of the quarterback position. Did recruit Eli Manning. Ended up with Chris Sims. Uh, had Adam Hall in that same recruiting class in '99. Hell, I don't even know if he knew Westlake would become yeah. the one of the great top three or five best quarterback factories in the country. Yeah. Maybe Mac knew about that too. Who knew? Uh, but he, he it was one uh, year too short for Drew Brees, right? Yeah, he offered a local product there too uh, to try to get that pipeline started. And uh, he also and he, remember he inherited Major Applewhite. Talked about that, who had already established himself as a Big Twelve Freshman of the Year in 1998. Got Chance Mock, five-star the next year in 2000. We don't talk a lot about Chance, but he was a five-star quarterback coming out of Woodlands. And in 2002, you got your, hell, the number one overall quarterback in Vince Young. So in his first, basically his first five recruiting cycles, he got uh, two top quarterbacks in the country. <laughs> um, and he also got three five-star quarterbacks yeah. in his top in his first and just those four, when you start with 99 through 02, like that's as potent as it gets, where you open and close it with Sims and Vince, and in between you fill you out all your skill guys and DJ. Yeah. Yeah. And you got five, another five-star quarterback. And, mean, there and too. at that point was when he started stacking classes, and you could yep. see that 02 and 03 and the idea of just not having a certain amount of bust and being able to just manufacture more players and players into the league, it, it gets you to the point that like it becomes a machine that runs itself as long as you don't derail it with a few mistakes early on. Yeah, see, Mac knew even back then that it was important to stack the quarterback room, mm-hmm. um, and I think Sark understands it too. He's going to be in a lot of these classes recruiting – multiple quarterbacks in the same class because he understands the truth is now even with the Arch Manning commitment we know you're going to lose quarterbacks in that quarterback room it's a great quarterback room now and it will continue to be you do have you know coming in you'll have Arch Manning but right now you got Hudson Card you got Quinn Ewers you got uh, Malik yeah Murphy Uh, Malik Murphy's in there Uh, Charles Wright yeah, Charles <laughs> Wright. About Charles. I, I think I think everybody has. Yeah, forgot about Char- Charles Wright's in there. Um, I believe that's it for our scholarship quarterbacks, and you'll have Arch coming in. Just Arch coming in is probably gonna just gonna push out a couple of guys, and whoever probably loses the quarterback. I, I think you know Hudson Carr loses that quarterback battle against Quinn Ewers. I could see him transferring. Yeah. I could see Malik Murphy transferring. Yeah. I could see Charles Wright transferring. Honestly, yes. I could see all three of those guys transferring. And right now, the blue chip quarterback uh, transfer rate. It's around sixty-eight percent, and that would so, be. I mean, that's, yeah. And it's you know it's inevitable. It, it's like more money, more problems. And yeah. you, it's a problem you actually want to have because it means you're, you're having a successful one. You're stacking so many good quarterbacks in that room. Yeah. That really good quarterbacks, they are, and I think it's to their advantage seeing that. Hey, you know what? I have a better opportunity to play elsewhere, and they're right. Because one, of the time. if one takes the reins, you know, like that's yeah. what causes that. Texas that's got what one you of those want. guys now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it's amazing somehow. <laughs> We're in a spot where Quinn Ewers is going to be like sort of none of the afterthought. Like it's now he's a hundred rated quarterback. Like it before Arch committed, it was just Ewers and Vince. And wow. then once now you've had the three guys ever that have been rated that high at quarterback, all being at Texas. And somehow this can take a lot of the pressure of because there was going to be pressure and there still is going to be pressure on a guy like Ewers. Yeah. And it makes 
you know, if he's an afterthought, the same with Hudson Card, which is a little absurd to think about. But just looking at this upcoming year, it sort of relieves a lot of that type of spotlight, the stress. Now, I think it's going to be magnified on him in Arch the next year. Because if you thought there was a quarterback competition battle, like the media is not going to let this just play mm-hmm. itself out. It's going to be choosing a side and one guy and talking about the other. So right. it's going to be just uh, Sims Applewhite on steroids in two years. But mm-hmm. this next year, I really think that like it sort of gives you a free roll for these guys like to go out and now hopefully there are going to be expectations and you would like to see and expect to see something. But no matter what, there's arch on the back end, and things are just going to go yeah. to another level that next season. Oh, no. I mean, Sark just bought himself a whole lot of like optimism and, and positivity during the oh, season. Yeah. It'll be <laughs> long run fans. It's everything will be viewed through that prism, as uh, we discussed when, discussed when Jeff was here last week. Um, and, and this is something, this is another reason why you want to stack quarterbacks. In addition to, you know, the transfer portal, it giveth and it also taketh away. Uh, since 2005, Texas has signed. 24 quarterbacks, four of them are still on campus. Uh, Murphy, yours, right, card. So 20 other quarterbacks in that time span. I've been keeping up with this forever because it is. It lets you know that Texas actually now, mm-hmm. and Texas used to be, their transfer rate for the quarterback uh, room used to be higher than the average rate. Mm-hmm. And now because everybody's the, the transfer portal, us. yeah, and because the market basically, is, yeah. it has caught up to Texas and the transfer portal, it has become more commonplace. Yeah, you Texas, don't have to suck for it to yeah, happen. 55% of Texas quarterbacks in that time span have transferred. Yeah. So, um, and 10% of them have retired due to injury, and 15% of them have changed positions. So you're talking about, I mean, you're, at, you're talking There's, about an 80% yeah. chance that your quarterback will either, if you're in Texas, transfer, retire due to injury, or change positions. There's only four quarterbacks in that time span that have graduated or at least exhausted their eligibility playing the quarterback position. The McCoys, the McCoys Ellinger, and Swoops. Amen. And Swoops was a utility yeah, player that, toward yeah, the end. Yeah, it um, wasn't even yeah, a full quarterback. Exactly. So it, it the, the, the McCoys and an Ellinger, like we, it's so rare. It, it, it it's gonna take the Mannings. Yes. To be able to uplift Texas. Yes. Out of the quarterback purgatory that we find ourselves We've in. We've upgraded. Thank God for Sam Ellinger and thank God for Shane Bouchel. Yeah. And Buccelli, yeah, who Buccelli came back awesome. to kind of write this ship for us too. Uh, but Texas has not been great at the quarterback position since yeah. basically Colt McCoy left. Um, and yeah, Case, I mean, not even, and I say great at the quarterback position, but not, you haven't even been able to develop quarterbacks to the point where they finish their eligibility. Yeah playing the position. It's been that chaotic and yeah. erratic at quarterback. And, and like then, I said, Sam, Sam ride the ship for you, but because of the Casey Thompson thing, you, you're right back in unstable waters. And hopefully with Quinn Ewers, you'll get a quarterback who can start multiple seasons for you. And you think like, oh, that's a, oh, a quarterback starting multiple seasons at Texas. That happens all the time. It actually doesn't. No. When you get quarterbacks that can start multiple seasons and have success of winning double-digit games, it's even fewer quarterbacks then. 
Yeah. I think I actually have those. Well, because you have, like, I mean, you look at, I mean, Colt's still in the league, but guys like Bouchel and Gilbert, you know, they're good backups in the league, but couldn't even finish up here because of odd situ- situations exactly. around coaches and just how volatile and just how much, the, like, you. it's literally like throwing gasoline on a fire. It's quarterback discussion at Texas football, and it can get really out of control really quick, and that's why you want the stability of a Manning family or something like yeah. that. may give you that security with the way that oddly oh you've haven't had other than like the McCoys yep no it is it's, it's, just, it's not as many quarterbacks as you think so you know that's a that's a big part of to me what Sark is bringing to the table and it's understated we haven't talked about it now people are talking more about it but we don't mention the instability because Texas is in such a good place right now all right one other thing before we get out of here because I I want to get into this just really quickly and I think I know how you're going to answer this. So who had a bigger story in the offseason? Jimbo Fisher going after Nick Saban and their feud and beef, uh, which was huge at the time, or Texas signing Arch Manning? I guess because of it's going to – it isn't just like a – I'm not signing, well, but the commitment of Arch Manning. I apologize. Yeah, and I think because of now like the initial reaction, if we're talking about the day it's, you it's hear of it. It's definitely the two biggest stories yes. of the college football And offseason. the day that they happened, you could argue like Saban and Jimbo was as much of headline news. The thing is, is that dissipates and fades away, and there's not much more to be added. Arch, they tried to squash it. They, Arch continues yeah. for the next two years. Yeah. Like that's it's where it's not going to be. That story's going to evolve, and they're going to be bickering and yelling at some other coach yeah. and some other recruiting and other things. It could have been thing. big if they wouldn't have tried to squash it. Nick yeah. Saban immediately apologized within 48 hours, and then uh, Jim Murphy said, I don't want to talk about it. We're moving on. I don't talk about it. And then the commissioner was also, hey, man, we're not getting It was getting more of an isolated incident. Now so, it can be brought yeah. back up. It's it's if like they, a boxer, yeah. you know. If they tra- were talking trash the whole time the me- yeah. and leading up to the game, yeah. it could, it could, it probably could be. But yeah, you're right. It about reminded that. me of like the weigh-in at a fight, and yeah, like yeah. that and was like they, they go crazy, but yeah. then there's nothing else to talk about until they fight, you know, or whatever. So I think it's, the arch things. It's the way that uh, America just loves the transaction more than actually the game. So we talk about free agency and like we're always like. This team's won a championship, but all the discussion immediately is, well, what are they going to do next year? Where's this free agent signing? And it's like, oh, did we care about the games or anything? You know, like that's sort of where the discussion with the coaches are. No, that's a great point. And now you're right about that. I was, I'm just trying to throw the Aggies a little bit of a bone, but I will say the two biggest stories of the offseason have been Texas and Texas A&M related yep. Yep. of the college football offseason. Well, Saban's been just angry because yeah. <laughs> the, the world's changing. And I built my is. empire, and now you and got these damn Texas schools exactly. taking my empire And from by the me. way, I went, and I don't think it's a coincidence that name him Jim Likens is also now, you know, it's now the law of the land. And I it's think, Saban I think, disciples branding themselves yeah, in that state. I think you got money in Texas, a whole lot of money, and I think it's got a whole lot of people around the country afraid because they know oh, – yeah. There's some people down here in Texas with some FU money yeah. at A&M and M at Texas, and they may decide, you know what, to hell, man, we're just going to buy it. And we're that's why buy our national title. That's why it's been so frustrating <laughs> for Saban because Saban had to do it and the rules were different. Yeah. And he somehow <laughs> built it up to what he did, and then in one offseason, it's totally thrown away. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. I would have went to Texas if I knew this was going to happen. I would have went to Texas years ago. I had the opportunity twice. Twice. I left the contract on Thanksgiving, and then it came back around, and I used it to get a raise. Damn you, Mac Brown! And then (laughs) post Charlie. Uh, Yeah, one thing about Texas, though, we celebrate here all too often the 
verbal commitments of players, which is kind of like the marriage proposal to your the point you were talking about. And then, yes, the signing is kind of like the wedding. But if you've been married, and I've been married just a little while, all right, so now I can throw this out there, uh, it is immaterial to the success of the marriage. <laughs> Everybody knows that. And by the time you're deep into the marriage, you don't give a damn about the proposal yeah. or the wedding, and none of it ever mattered uh, when it went down to the end. So that's what Texas needs to start getting down to. Yeah, the development. The deal. Yes, consummate the damn thing. <laughs> consummate the damn thing. You don't want to screw up in that exactly. little first joy yes. ride. We're getting yeah, tired of this. Year. Get it consummated. All right, that's the lesson to learn. <laughs> All right, we come right. All right, we'll uh, be back next week. I believe Jeff is going to be back next week with yep. us as well. Uh, a lot of great discussion. Thank you, Matt, for all uh, that you do, brother. You too, man. I enjoyed it. All right. I want to thank the good folks at Horns 24-7. Thank all you guys out there for listening. Thank the folks here at 104.9 The Horn. We'll be back next week. Same time, same channel. All of that right here at Longhorn Blitz. Peace. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.